this is episode number 186 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to Homeowner Show. We're so glad that you could join us for another episode here live from the Homeowner Show studios. How you doing, Kev? And it is so much better than last week. <laughs> Life is so much easier. The property's been released. Pro- yes. It's I'm, now their problem. That's right. Yeah. Like, And they aren't your problem. No. No more. They're out of my life forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, man, it was stressful. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I'm... I was a little bit. I was a little bit hot last week. <laughs> we were, I was. I was like in the middle of everything, you know. Oh yeah. Now I'm kind of not so much in the middle of everything. And how much weight did you lose? Uh, I don't know. Probably not enough. I guarantee that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely didn't hit the goals. Uh, no, well, I don't know if I had a goal, but if I did, <laughs> I probably missed it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm good. How are you, man? So there is a. Uh, raging case of poison ivy working its way through my house oh, right now. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, so I was here whenever, just shortly after the, the case happened, the uh-huh. first one. Yeah. But, like, is it spreading by person? Or yes. Are the, oh, weird. It is weird. I didn't know that could happen. Well, so, like, I am not allergic to poison ivy. Okay. Uh, I've never really had it before, but apparently my son is very allergic to him. I mean, he had it, like... Behind his ears, mm. on his eyeballs, um, just pretty much all over his body, everywhere north of his knees, mm. um, and it was just bad. Like he's been home from school for three days on steroids and all this kind of stuff. I mean, he's he's fine, but like he's itchy. Sure. And apparently, whatever he sits on, if somebody sits on it after him, they just get whatever he had. Really, from that, that I I, I legitimately didn't know this was possible. I didn't either. That you could transmit poison ivy from person to person. Right. I I didn't think that was a thing. And so uh, our mutual friend Haley Mm -hmm. was actually telling me that, I don't know how long ago it was, but like apparently her dad had a really bad case of poison ivy Mm. that he kept giving himself back through a bar of soap. No. Yes. Like apparently this stuff is like really contagious. Wow. And like, it, it's like contagious up to like four days after. I had no idea. I mean, not to be like gross, but you get like those like pus nodules and like mm-hmm. they burst and that gets on stuff and like, and then it just all goes to hell. Wow. Yeah. So I, I've never had poison ivy until now. And now you have it? And now I have it. Where? On my back. You're, you're disgusting. Right? Yeah. I'd rather have this than hair, though. <laughs> I've seen some pretty hairy backs in my time. And I'm like, man, like, you could lay down and, like, people could walk on that like sucker. Like a bear rug. I don't even know why you, like, there's not enough wax in the world for that thing. No, no. That's just, that that really, that truly is disgusting. Yeah, so, so I, FYI, and not that I'm going to show it on the show, I don't have a hairy back. And those of you that have hairy ladies. backs out there, yeah, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> uh, there's, there's not one of them out there that's Th- going. That care. No, no, not at all. Oh, there's one. No, eh. And she's pretty happy with and it. And she has a hairy back, though. What? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> We're not talking about the same person. Never mind. You about to get Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I will tell you, man, I love the memes that are coming out of oh, that thing. So many good ones. So many good ones. So and we, we, I mean, like we, we pretty much covered it last week. We did. 
Yeah, but, but like they, it, it's still happening. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Has your opinion changed? No. Okay. Just curious. No. Okay. Like I, I think I even like my. I've dug in deeper into my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm like, take it away from him. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with it. You're fine with him getting the Oscar? No, I'm fine with him not not getting the Oscar. Yeah. I mean, he did get it. No one's no. no one said boo about it. No. Although I did listen to a, a pretty interesting, I got a friend who's a lawyer. Uh-huh. He put like a video out about like in the state of Texas, if that would have happened, right? What would the authorities on site have done? Oh, it was kind of interesting. Hmm. The answer was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to know, the answer is kind of like nothing. Nothing. Now they could retroactively come after him. Well, the organization can do whatever they want. Yeah, I but mean, no, but the authorities could retroactively come back with a warrant if if charges oh. were pressed. But he already said he wasn't pressing charges. No, he's not going to. So, Although there was a really good picture of it um, where it's like right after Chris Rock got slapped, his, like, his right hand is down and it's kind of flint, flinched <laughs> a little yeah. bit. And it's like, he thought about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. No more new takes on that. Just no. less interesting information about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I tell you what, it is. It has been an interesting week, though, as we have adjusted or worked towards adjusting to living in a home that's literally half the size of the one that we had. Right. Um, it's it's different. My kids are sharing a room, mm-hmm. which I shared a room growing up. Uh, with my brother, he and I shared a room. Share a room right now. Yeah, it's true. I've shared a room <laughs> the majority of my life. Now that I think about it, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so that's kind of new and different. Um, you know, there's there's no real place for someone to go. Yeah, you can't hide. And no, there's nowhere for someone to like. So last night, apparently, um, I, I'd come home. Uh, from work late. It was like nine thirty, uh-huh. and uh, I came home. I was like, "Hey, man, how, how, like, how'd everything go tonight?" You know, I wasn't here, and, and Kimberly said, "Well, my son walks out of the room and goes, Mama, I need some alone time.'" <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's seven, so he's like, "I need some alone time," and she was like, "Okay, buddy, like." I'll see if I can figure this out. <laughs> so she, she, because uh, the reason that I ask this question is, I, I walk in 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 the living room is my daughter. My daughter's like huge, massive, uh, Barbie dream house. And uh-huh. I'm like, why is this in here? We literally put it in there on purpose. Yeah, and uh, she was like, yeah, he needed some alone time. So. <laughs> Just not yeah. with the yeah needs to get away. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it's. You know, it's fine. Just want you to know, it's my fine. my wife heard your comment, oh. and she said, "Not cool, Kevin." She thought you said that she had a hairy back. Well, she didn't understand that I didn't understand uh-huh. what we were talking about. I was talking about someone else. Uh huh. See what happened was also, also was not going to actually be named. <laughs> Tell her this: of all the people I would want to offend in life. Mm-hmm. It is someone not with the last name Williams. That's okay. in general. I've I've offended your mom before. Ooh, that did not go. That well. did not go well. That did not go well. I did it on purpose though. Like it I, was funny. It was good. <laughs> it was one of my better ones. That was that was a really good one. But the retribution was funny. No, what I said was funny. Uh huh. The retribution was also pretty funny. But yeah. what I said was 
It was a good one. Yeah. You, she probably didn't remember what I said <laughs> at this point. Uh, but well, anyway. so our, our guest tonight. Yeah. We actually have a guest. We do. So It's been a while. Has some experience mm-hmm. with the Wrath of the Williams clan. Oh, really? Because he's been around quite a few of us. Okay. He's, he's a good family friend. We got Chef Colin Shine in the house, in the studio. All right. How you doing, Colin? Great. Thank you for having me. Dude, this is exciting. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is I'm excited. First time out to the ranch. Yes. Yeah. Made the, the trek up north. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we waited traffic out. Well, we, 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 and we enjoyed some adult beverages before well, yeah. at, with the fine people over at B52. A craft beer or two. Oh, yeah. Dude. And you hadn't been there before either, right? What a space. Dude. What a space. Like, if, you, if you've never been to Conroe, mm-hmm. or if you have been to Conroe, but you haven't been to B-52, like, you're missing out. Yeah, it's, it's a really unique place, because there's a lot of breweries out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, these craft breweries, they've, they've kind of shot up everywhere. They're, they're, they're popping up here, popping up there. But most of them are, like, in this little hole-in-the-wall place that they could find. Yeah. You know, whatever. This place is, like... I don't know. They probably got five acres. At least, yeah. At least, maybe more. I think they told me they've... They got five acres in parking. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And and, and they, it's, I mean, here's what's interesting. I remember the first time that, Craig, you you and your wife invited our family Mm -hmm. out to the brewery. Yeah. And my wife and I were like... What's wrong with them? Yeah, and and your (laughs) wife, the non-hairy back one, right? She said, "No, it's not like that. Like it's a family." I I don't want to be clear. I don't have another wife. (laughs) Okay, well, I was that also has a hairy back. I was leaving it up to interpretation. I'm monogamous. Okay, good. So, okay, speak more clearly, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was pretty clear. Anyway, um, (laughs) so I was like, seriously, and and we showed up and like. There were kids running around. There's these yard games out there. It's like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's a really neat place. Family-friendly f- brewery. It really it, yeah. is. Cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. They have tetherball. <laughs> <laughs> do they? Yeah, they do. Oh. Well, I know they got like like cornhole and like horseshoes and like yeah. the giant Jenga thing uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. it's fun. And kitty cats. They, well, yeah, but you have to have Kit Kats. Kit Kats. No, not kitty. like not like the break kind, like little kitty cats. Kitty cat. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to have some. They're of those. just property cats. Those right? are yeah. those really are just. Feral. Yeah, those are the ones keeping the other things away. That's right. So, who's wrangling who? Out there? Are, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it's a question that who knows. I, I think it's actually a strategy that you know, no matter what, your children are still going to be more well behaved than the cats, mm. so that no one can actually say it's like wrangling, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so you make a good point without saying the point. Yes. See? Speaking clearly. I, I you didn't even have to say anything and you were more clear than me. <laughs> <laughs> I said something, it was less clear than what you didn't say. <laughs> okay, so but we need to explain why Chef Colin is here. <laughs> well, why it's am because I here? we invited him. We invited him. Okay. Okay. That's that's an easy answer. Yeah. So one, we 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 met Chef Colin because he was the chef at one of our favorite restaurants. Mm. Uh, what I mean by that is like we still like the restaurant. He's uh-huh. just not the chef there anymore, right? So, but he is now working with Wolf and Sub Zero, mm-hmm. and you're doing demonstrations with their products as the sh- like chef representative. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like the the white coat expert 
in was a, that the official title? No, I, yeah, I kind of come up with that. No, okay. in some respects, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it that is white now. Coat, the white coat experience, right? So, uh-huh. you know, for people, we have a showroom outside the Galleria. Uh, it's 10,000 square feet. shows everything oh. that we have in our product line from refrigeration and freezers to uh, hot side cookware with ovens, wall ovens, ranges, the full, the whole the whole spectrum. Is that in, in the mall or just out, in no, the area? No, it's outside, just outside. Okay. So like Sage in West Alabama. So okay. Freestanding building. Um, so yeah, like that white coat experience of people that are in the market doing a remodel, doing a whole new build, whatever their project may be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we try to give them that, that, uh, culinary, um, insight, I guess, in some respects of, of, um, how those products can benefit them in their life and inspire them in the kitchen, um, and bring a lot of value for essentially what they're, you know, they're making a big investment in that regard. We're certainly a, a luxury product, a higher end product. Um, so yeah, we try to provide that kind of experience, um, to, yeah, inspire them in their kitchen and, and, and maximize what they're, what they're investing their money in. So, and this is, this is kind of like a big deal now, because I, I think, you know, what you guys are offering is, is more along the lines of what you would be using commercially. Right? Definitely, there's a commercial heritage there. Yeah. Um, company started out as a ma- mainly refrigeration. 76 years ago, um, innovated um, some um, cutting-edge refrigeration ideas. Um, and then, yeah, about 20-some-odd years ago, acquired the residential line of Wolf. Wolf was traditionally a commercial brand, so it would have been in restaurants and ho- hotels and banquet halls. Right. Had a very small residential um part of the market and they went to pair that with their refrigeration expertise to try to start to build like the perfect kitchen or the, or the, or the perfect package. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a commercial heritage there in the way that we build, um, cookware. Um, but man, who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't, you know, anybody that likes to be in a kitchen is like a kid in a candy store in a commercial kitchen. Yeah. No kidding. Well, so, so let me ask a couple of questions here because and we definitely want to talk like chef stuff too because for sure. who doesn't want to talk about food? <laughs> but like, what in your your kind of pitch here, what, what would make these products superior than just, I mean, I, I think it's pretty easy to see that it would be better than like frigid air, right? Like we're we're better than that, but that being said, like, what makes it better than like what's a what's a what's a really high end Gen Air? I don't mm-hmm. know. That's a pretty high end mm-hmm. type of appliance, yeah. right? What makes it better than something like that? From a refrigeration standpoint, many many years ago, we um, kind of created the idea of what we call dual refrigeration. So anytime you have a, a unit that has a refrigerator and a freezer, mm. whether it's side by side or whether that's an over under, um, typically those units will share air between those ca- uh, those cabins, those cavities, right? So a freezer wants a frigid and dry climate, whereas a refrigerator wants a cooler, a cool, a warmer, but cool and humid climate for mm. all those leafy greens and, 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 and fresh fruits and things like that. So to maintain those respective climates, you would share air. You would take that frozen dry air from the freezer. You'd move it into the refrigerator cavity. Mm. So you get this big fluctuation in temperature. uh, But you're also picking up humidity in that refrigerator. And then you're moving it back into the freezer to maintain both of those um, climate zones with one system of condenser 
compressor and evaporator. Um, so that presents a challenge. You, you get a big fluctuation in temperature. You get a big fluctuation in humidity. You can imagine what would happen if you picked up water molecules in the fridge and then moved it back into the freezer. Mm. What do you get? Freezer ice. burn. Yeah. Ice. Yeah. You get a freezer burn on your veggies, freezer burn on your meat. You get ice, ice crystals long. on your, on your um, ice cream. Yeah. Or if you've got a bunch of fresh seafood in your fridge, you've got ice that tastes like salmon or shrimp or scallops or whatever the case may be because you're sharing all that air. Yeah. So, so they... Uh, we're very cutting edge in isolating those two. So every hmm. unit that they have is going to have a specific condenser, um, evaporator, and compressor for the freezer and for the fridge. Um, and in that, in turn, that that makes both of those um, zones more efficient. You can get them to their ideal temperatures and hold them very much, uh, very easier, more efficiently. Right? You don't have to work the unit as hard. Hmm. If one goes out, the other one's still up and running. Um, and then. Um, we coupled that with about five years ago with a technology to, to be able to scrub the air of the refrigerators, a technology that was um, sort of developed in conjunction with NASA. And so it basically scrubs the air of what's called ethylene gas. Ethylene, you ever taken like a, you have an avocado or a peach that wasn't quite ripe? Mm-hmm. What'd you do with it? Put it in the fridge. Did you? No, it's not ripe. Not ripe and you oh, want to no. ripen it up faster. Then we just put it on the... Or maybe counter. a brown paper bag. Oh, I've not tried that. You ever, ever that done that trick work, yeah. with, a, with like a, a lunch sack? Wrap it up. Wrap in there. it up. Um, and so you're using ethylene gas to try to speed that up. Okay. Um, so if you throw everything in the fridge together and certain things give off ethylene gas, like um, you know, certain fruits and vegetables emit it, certain fruits and vegetables are susceptible to it and break down faster because of it. Um, so there's actually a, an air purification cartridge that's in every one of our fridges that every 20 minutes fires to pull that ethylene gas out of that environment so we can really maximize the shelf life of ingredients um substantially i mean so like what are are the ones that like tend to spoil quicker well you tell me what's what's got what are you throwing away that you can't get through when you buy lettuce 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 strawberries yeah Yeah, leafy greens arugulas herbs Mm -hmm. uh, heads of lettuce right celery Uh, seems to be one of those that goes limp real quick yeah um Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if you see strawberries last a couple of days in a normal fridge, I can get strawberries to last like two weeks. What? In a sub-zero. That's Leafy crazy. greens. I got. I, got, I keep a head of lettuce. I mean, Tupperware can't even do that, y'all. <laughs> I keep a head of lettuce just in a fridge all the time with a label on it, and it'll go a month or more and, and just be beautiful. So, okay. Well, so, again, we're, we, we're keeping very constant temperatures. We're keeping very constant mm-hmm. humidity. Uh, we're removing harmful gases and odors. Um, and so we can just naturally preserve food much, much longer. So wow. if an average family of four throws away, on average, $2,200 a year and just food spoilage, right? Just food you don't get through. Heads of lettuce, mm-hmm. fruit that you can't get through. Um, you know, we really feel like we can, you can pay that forward and, and pay that back over the course of a life of a unit. Um, that we know is going to last you 20 years. Wow. So, okay, there's a really pretty funny meme that's going around right now. This said, it said, we do not waste food by throwing it away immediately. <laughs> we put it in the fridge, let it spoil, and then throw it away. Right. <laughs> gummit. Oh, there's a, I know, I know I've seen a magnet on a fridge that it was a gal holding the head of lettuce, and she said, you know, should I... Um, Throw this away now or go ahead and wait two weeks like I normally do. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and I laughed because when I took this job, it becomes, I wouldn't say obsolete, but you, you honestly have, I have leafy greens like arugula and spinach and lettuce that you would normally barely get three or four days out of. And 
and I'm I'm holding on to it for 21 days. That's Man. crazy. <laughs> that, that that I can't. And that's all imagine. about temperature control, humidity control, and removing that ethylene gas out wow. of the environment. Do you know any of the uh, ingredients that release that that gas? Yeah, I, uh, plenty of fresh produce like, um, you know, apples and, 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 and avocados, bananas. Okay. Um, so just certain um, fruits and vegetables. Um, and then some of those ones that you see going, um, you know, the ones that tend to last longer in your fridge are probably giving it off. And the ones that are oh, busting okay. down earlier um, are probably uh, the ones that are taking it. We actually have a card in every Sub-Zero refrigerator that highlights those things for you. It tells oh, really? you what those are ideal places to store them um, and how long they sh- you should see them ideally last in your huh. unit. Yeah. All the things that you just listed are things I never put in the fridge. Apples I, I, and stuff. I, didn't, I didn't know that they did that, but I just always keep them on the counter. Right. right because you go through them quick enough, you'll eat them. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if you have things that are, that are in the, in the fridge like that, um, then they're certainly going to cause those arugulas and leafy greens and, and um, fresher produce to break down quicker. Um, but even things like dairy, right? Because of the consistency of the yeah. temperature control. That's what I was going to The ask. expiration date on a milk carton is now just a recommendation. You, know, See, you that, should that, still <laughs> give it that old nose test and like maybe right. even give it like, eh. That's a good Seinfeld episode. Yeah. It's like, it's like do they ask the, do they ask the, the cows? Is it today? Is it today? Is it tomorrow? But, it's a, but the, I was actually going to ask that because, um, you know there are milks out there like Fair Life, for example, right. that um, that their expiration life is much longer. And I think there it's a pasteurization process for them. Like yeah. they're just highly ultra pasteurized. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I was I was actually kind of wondering. Um, you know, it's in a plastic carton, so mm-hmm. but I guess there's still there's still things that happen inside that plastic carton, right? Yeah, it like, still has a shelf. It still life has a shelf it. life, right. and so. I was wondering, and it sounds like it's going to last a little bit longer. A little bit. I had a so. milk carton, I think, last week or so that it probably stretched a little too far. I mean, it was almost two weeks past the date. Wow. And I finally threw it out. <laughs> it was like, yeah, now it's time. Now and it's I'm a guy that's going to stretch the limit anyway, okay. right? Like, I don't like throwing things away. I right. want to try to use it, <laughs> maximize it. Who has milk for two weeks? Well, <laughs> but it's not at home, right? This is at work. Okay, so, yeah, okay, you know, okay. I buy something and, and I use it and I don't get all the way through it. There could be easily 10 days before I come around to use it again. Sure. I'm not always cooking every day for a big event. So, right. um, you know, so, it, and that's the beauty of, of, of kind of the job that I have. I get to cook and do that in a showroom and apply a literally appliance showroom, mm. um, but can still source really great high quality ingredients somewhat in bulk. Right. And still be confident that, that I don't have to use them in a quick turnaround and they're going to last for me. Um, so is this are the, over the course of a month or so? Yeah. So are, are these units like normal fridge size? Or are we talking like the, like a lot, I know a lot of the more commercial type stuff, people are putting them in their homes yeah. a lot that are, that are basically a full size freezer and fridge that are yeah. your side by side. So we have we have the full spectrum, right? So we have traditional side by side over under units that run the gamut from twenty four inches to forty eight inches, um, and then we also do what we and those are like the classic series, so to speak. Um, and then we do more designer uh, built what we call um, column units that are intended to be like paneled over and to match your cabinetry and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, and those run a gamut of you know, anywhere as slim as 18 inches, you know, full 75 inch height, 18 inch, uh, up to 36 inch wide. So mm, wow. a pretty spectrum of, of what you can do and how you can mix and match things together to build what suits your either 
aesthetic look or just your lifestyle of how you're using your fridge and freezer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was asking a question earlier about like, because we're, we're considering the idea of building and we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out what we, what we want to do ultimately, but um, I was like, could it, could it go in a barn dominium? Yeah, like how, absolutely. like yeah. what, what's my threshold of income here that I have to have? <laughs> well, I what think, is like the, <laughs> I mean, from a price standpoint, I mean, Sub-Zero and Wolf certainly is on the higher end of the echelon, but sure. to the point of, you know, what I talk about of the money that it can save you, um, from a refrigeration standpoint uh, on an annual basis and the fact that it is going to last you 20 years. I mean, we are going to, it is engineered, built, and tested to last a minimum of 20 years. Wow. Mm. And it's not uncommon that on a day-to-day basis, I meet people that have a unit that is 35 years old, runs like a dream, and they're either building a second home and putting it in or they're just ready to renovate, update, and modernize their kitchen. Yeah. And they still have a unit that's almost 40 years old that's mm. still still working like a top. That's crazy. I mean, it's just unheard of. It is. I I'm, mean, you don't, and appliances just don't last it unless they're green. If they're green, these appliances will last a lifetime. You mean really? like the color green? Yeah, the, okay, av- the avocado green ones from the <laughs> 60s. Those are still around. <laughs> like they're, some of them are in the landfills and they won't break down. Like there's nothing you can do to them. It's because they're camo. They're, they're so, yeah, they don't even know they're there, right? There's something about the green ones. I don't know. But we had a yellow freezer also, and it, it lasted a really long time. But, uh, but no, it's unheard of. I mean, how, I mean, what is I think it? an average refrigerator yeah. on the market will last about 10 years. About 10 they'll years. say. Yeah. And I think that's a, a, that's generous. a, a generous estimation, yeah. right? If you, if you buy a run of the mill fridge at, at, at a store and you just need something and you're putting mm-hmm. it in, whether you live in an apartment or a house, um, and you're, on a budget and you're not trying to spend a lot of money, yeah, you might be lucky to get six to eight years out of it. Yeah. Mm. If you think about that, right? And if you put something like a Sub-Zero in your house, that it, it is a costly. Uh, it's like buying a car in some respects, a small mm. car. Um, but to think that it could last you the life of the mortgage yeah. of that house, right? Um, That's huge. Or more than you, you buying one product and you'll probably have to invest very little additional income to keep it running that long. Mm. Which, by the way, did you guys hear about how they're planning on solving some of the housing crisis right now? Mm-mm. So there's been talks of them, the the government negotiating with the banks in order to offer a 40-year mortgage. Mm. Really? Yeah. Seems good for the bank. I, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> a, for, a 40, that's, okay, I remember. I may not have 40 years left. So, I mean, I'm exactly. in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much, because I'm sure we'll talk about it next week with Haley. Sure, but I remember but, whenever vehicles went from five year, uh-huh. like Notes. 60, 60 yeah. month, like on a Suburban, right? And now they're up to like in the 90s. Yep. Uh, and it's like, goodness gracious, like yeah. you're, you're spinning like eight, nine years to pay for a vehicle. And I can't imagine spending that long buying a house. Which is fair because a lot of vehicles cost as much as houses do. No doubt. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. Um, But anyway, I thought it was an interesting, it's like, well, we all can't afford them. So let's just draw this painful thing Mm -hmm. out as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Wow. Okay. So you don't just, uh, you don't just work in a place that, that sells really high-end refrigerators. They also do, uh, like, ovens, stoves, those right. types of things, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have, a, And so Sub-Zero is all refrigeration. That's the original brand in the brand family, let's call it. And then uh, Wolf is anything that would be, 
you know, cooking appliance, right? So whether okay. that's a full range with an oven underneath, whether that's a range top or a cooktop or wall ovens. Uh, I mean, we have encounter deep fryers, encounter steamers, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Nice. So, so yeah, from a super commercial in the way that it's engineered and built. Um, and again, when we talk about Sub-Zero and like that temperature control, like everything about Wolf is about just controlling heat, right? Mm-hmm. And, and making, you know, get, helping the home cook have really good results over and over again and taking a lot of that, pr- the pressures that we feel in the kitchen sort of off of them um, with the ability to manipulate heat, have heat control and temperature control and stuff like that. I mean, we, uh, so I remember whenever convection mm-hmm. became something that was uh, fairly normal mm-hmm. and everybody was going, I don't even know what that is. I don't think it's normal still. Yeah, I it, encounter yeah. people every day that I'm okay. trying to convince them about convection. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of, part of it is that, you know, things cook quicker. Correct. And they are supposed to cook more evenly, especially Correct. whenever you're baking like cookies Correct. and those sorts of things. But what I've noticed... Not your experience? No. No. What was your experience? Well, I I currently... Uh, I don't actually know what our current one is. A week ago, I had a uh, <laughs> an oven that was convection. Mm-hmm. And... It was uh, the Frigidaire Gallery, so it's one of their mm-hmm. nicer mm-hmm. ones that's still Frigidaire, right? Um, but I, you know, I would put it on convection, yep. and it had the convection convert, so it, you know, it it changed the temperature for you, okay. all those sorts of yep. things. Yep. So it's you know kind of nice as far as that goes, because you can't cook things as hot on convection. You don't need to because it's it's blowing the air around Correct. and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, even I'd put in a a batch of cookies, for example, and they would still come out uneven. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, I don't understand. And, and so what I would find is that cooking things not on convection actually did a better job Yeah, in those than not. You yes. Know? So, so I, I, I think I would speak to the market in general in the sense that most products that are listed as convection on the market are still, you know, they're using a, a fan or a, a series of fans mm-hmm. to generate heat in an oven that is still... Uh, to to let me say re- rephrase that to circulate heat in an oven cavity that is still generated from either a bake element on the bottom of the oven or a broiler element on top. Mm-hmm. What Wolf has engineered is what we call true convection. So we actually have two additional heat elements in the back wall of the fan in the back wall of the oven attached to those heat fans, mm. so that we can again even more efficiently move that heat around an oven. So, um, you know, the idea behind convection is, yes, you can cook things quicker. It's going to be faster. So there's a traditional conversion rate. You know, if you if you have a recipe that, that bakes at 350, you know, um, or at, at any temperature, we're going to convert that to convection. We're going to drop the temperature 25 degrees because it's more efficiently heating that oven cavity. Mm. Um, so if we had a recipe that said bake at 350, we're going to convection cook at 325. And then you're also going to lower the cook time. Correct. By 25%. We call it the 25-25 rule. Yeah, or so you're conversion. saving energy mm-hmm. and you're also saving time. Correct. Right? Okay. So if, if I have a recipe that said bake at 350 for one hour, I'm going to convection cook at 325. I'm going to drop that temp 25 degrees and I can anticipate it's going to cook about 25% faster so I can shave almost 15 minutes off that time. Nice. You know, and as, and as a chef, I'm going to tell every home cook, set the timer sooner, mm-hmm. right? Turn the oven light on. You can look in there. You don't have to open the oven, interrupt the cooking process. Um, set the timer sooner and watch what's going on in the oven. Get, get in, be connected to your food. You know, yeah. watch the process and you'll see those cookies rise or that bread or mm-hmm. whatever you're doing or you'll see the potatoes start to brown 
and it'll just make you a better cook, better in tune with what's going on. You can kind of start to get a better feel for timing that way. So, okay. As far as convincing someone Mm -hmm. like my wife to go with, um, like (laughs) a a nicer oven, you know, like this, this price point versus, you know, a a higher end, I don't know, something else at Lowe's. Um, what, Yes, I, I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but but how do you convince someone to go? This is going to make your food experience that much better. Is it is it the uh, not just the quality of of your food, but is the longevity of the appliance? Is it the? What I are think those bo- I think both of those. I think the freedom and the margin of error and the and the level of comfort that it can provide you in the kitchen with with minimizing a lot of those errors um, with how you control heat with how the results of the product that come out of an oven or on a range top or on a stove. It's less trips to Arby's stove. after right. you've already cooked something. Right. And then, and then also <laughs> couple that with what we talked about with Sub-Zero is, is that, you know, it's a product that's, that could potentially last you 35 years. Okay. Um, I think really sets it apart, but really just about performance of heat control. I mean, um, you know, I could see where you're talking about having use using convection, but still getting uneven results, right? Yeah. Oh, it happens And I think every time. that 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 is a part because, like I talked about, a lot of those products on the market are still putting heat off from that element that's on the base or the floor of the oven or the broiler element on the ceiling in the oven, and you're just using a fan to try to move that around. But that aggressivity from those isolated locations is still the same. Whereas a Wolf um, true convection system has additional heating elements attached to those fans that are cycling off and on in conjunction with each other to just really optimize that notion of convection cooking to the nth degree. Nice. What are the, what are the different sources of heat that you guys are using? Or is it all electric, yeah. gas? So we use, um, we have gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, electric uh, in in the ovens and the wall ovens, we have elect- traditional electric cooked cooktops that got a you know blazing red hot coil underneath uh-huh, it. We yeah. still have those, but uh, we're also push induction as well. Which are I'm you a doing big induction? Fan. Yeah, I cook on induction a lot, and it's yeah. awesome. You know, just reaction times are tremendous. Control is very precise. It's clean. It's sleek. It's modern. Um, I love it. It's so we were, t- tell them about about what we found out about the other day with induction it on just in the granite. Oh. Well, yeah. Have you seen those ones that you can install the induction units underneath? Underneath the, the granite, I have seen that. It's wild. Yeah. You guys we don't do, that. You don't no, do that. We have more of a. I think it's called like Invisicook or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I I just kind of started to scratch the surface on that. I think it's really cool. Um, but no, ours are a little bit more traditional. as like a drop down, drop in. You know, you would cut the hole in the countertop and drop it in. Right. And it has that sort of glass ceramic top to yeah. it. Um, looks like an electric kind of cooktop, but it is running on induction okay. um, power. You know. So like I was. I just recently learned that you can use cast iron. Absolutely. On induction. Absolutely. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Cast iron, enameled cast iron. Really, the only things that aren't going to hit it are... It's got to be like copper, Really thin, yeah, thin stainless steel, thin aluminum, and copper. So as long as you have enough ferrous metal in the pan. So even aluminums would like have a real heavy gauge bottom base. um, Good good quality stainless steel. And then cast iron and enameled cast iron are all going to work well on induction. Yeah, when I I figured out like... Can you use cast iron on this? Yeah. So I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, so it's running on magnets. Yeah. Um, it's just a system of magnet, magnets that's interacting with the ferrous metal in the pot or the pan, uh, basically moving those metal ions, creating friction, which in turn generates heat. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 
people in the market are always like, you know, do I have to go buy all new pots and pans? No, not necessarily. I can use my yeah. grandmother's, you know, mm. um, and, and heirloom honestly, cast iron pan. Just yeah, fine. cast iron is actually fairly um, reasonably priced. I mean, oh, yeah. you go buy a, a cast iron there's nothing pan. wrong with a Lodge preseason no. cast iron product nope. at Academy for $35. Absolutely. I mean, or, I, you know, or up, depending on what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, and the size of it. But yeah, no, absolutely not. They'll last, they'll outlast you. Absolutely. They, they have. Well, they you got to take care of it still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Otherwise, it's going to rust. You know, somebody throwing it in yeah. the dishwasher. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I, and, and you and I have done some events where that's all we cooked in. That's it. I yeah. mean, plenty of everything them. we cooked was in cast iron. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, pretty much cook at home only on iron. Oh, really? Whether it's um, forged or cast. Um, I mean, I'll do eggs in a nonstick still just because that's just Easier. easiest way to go about it. Heck but yeah. um, now I've got some really cool um, forged iron pots and pans that were gifted to me mm. um, that were really heavy duty. And so they're just a little more ornate than a cast iron. A mm-hmm. uh, little cooler, a little less campfire, a little more, uh, <laughs> um, you know, Showpieces. Showpiece, yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, but they're awesome. But yeah, I would, I mean, just the heat retention on cast iron alone, mm-hmm. it gives you that sort of margin of error, right? Um, yeah. That you can um, kind of mess things up, but not mess things up as much, yeah. I think, in some respects. Well, which one would you prefer? Would you prefer the, the gas, electric, or the induction? People ask me that all the time, and it's hard to answer, you know, do you get something different out of each of them? Yeah, you know, you do. Um, you know, with gas, it's like we have that caveman mentality in us. We want to see the fire and the flame and yeah. gauge that. And it is fast reaction time. But induction is, you know, if we can kind of get our head around that a little bit, um, induction is really super sleek and super precise. It's very efficient. It doesn't put a lot of heat out in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not using a lot of energy. It's cool, fairly cool to the touch, you know, outside of where you're cooking um, just the reaction times are unbelievable. I can boil almost a gallon of water in like five minutes. Oh, wow. Um, but then the beauty of that is when you turn it off, it's cease, it ceases cooking immediately too, right? So they don't have those carryovers that you would have on an electric, uh, oh, okay. or electric traditional electric burner, right? That has all that mm-hmm. heat retention and that coil has to cool down and the pot and pan has to cool down. Like so you're not your having to like move pots off of- No, I mean, yeah. your pot pan is now your source of heat. It is the element. Um, yeah. And so when you stop that, magnetic reaction you've stopped the heat source and so everything cool. stops cooking you can uh, i mean i've been in demos where i've had a sauce boiling or something and trying to reduce it down and it gets to the point where it almost boils over and i hit stop and it just settles i mean you couldn't script it it just mm. happened to happen that way <laughs> and it's the cream and butter's about to go over the rim of the pot and i stop it and just and it all settles perfectly well mm. I, I think that even like even if you're using gas which i know that I know that on on a range, gas is going to be more more efficient than mm-hmm. than electric, especially yes. the, you know that sort of thing. But but even with that, like I I find that, that a lot of pots and pans don't right they don't they don't heat throughout the right. whole pan right or the whole pot. You still with gas you know? can have some inconsistencies with sure. the, with the heat um, distribution or application. And I guess part of that is how good a quality the the pan is itself. The pan or the, or the gas or the gas output. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so like ideally for me, I have both, right. And I'm just fortunate to be in that situation. But even if I was building my perfect kitchen, I would want to have both because certainly living in this part of the world, you know, we're very familiar with hurricane season and power outages and I want to be able to have gas and be able to light that thing with a, 
a fireplace lighter and just mm-hmm. have that. You know, I don't want to be beholden to an induction because it's cool and it's sleek and then the power goes out and I can't even do right. anything. I can't boil water. I can't heat up a can of soup unless I move to a camp camp, camp stove yeah, or, yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, if, if I were building my perfect kitchen, I would have a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but in everyday use, I find myself using more and more induction. And I think um, for me and... I've heard other chefs say this um, in jest is just about getting older and lazier. It's so easy to clean. I mean, mm-hmm. just, it's just oh, like yeah. a glass ceramic top and you wipe it off and you move on. Yeah. Like whether it's grease splatter or spillover in a traditional electric cooktop that has those red coils, you can't do that because as soon as something boils over, it's scorching and scalding into that surface or it's too hot to even apply a wet cloth to right. it. Um, That's why you have those really attractive aluminum foil wraps <laughs> that you do underneath those brushes. Right. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I find myself cooking on induction a lot, but our gas products are just super quality as well, yeah. just super professional in the way that they get high but also get low and give you a lot of control. Nice. Do you guys, do you guys have a griddle option on any? Absolutely, yeah. I, I keep seeing like I live and die by it. I mean, I cook on you, that probably more than anything. I was, okay, because I I see like every other house I go to now has one of these black stones. Yeah, outside, outside. Yeah, yeah, and, and like which is cool. I haven't used one myself, but like having a griddle inside, game changer. Well, I mean, yeah. when when I'm when we're at church cooking for various things, they got a really they got decent, a they got they a commercial get, griddle, get a commercial griddle there. Yeah. We use it all the time. Heck yeah. Because yeah. it's it's easy to clean. Yep. Cooks really well and it's it's easy to kind of move your food around and yeah. I mean it's great. It's a little bit different stylistically of how you might normally cook, right? But mm-hmm. um the griddle, we love it. We push it all the time. Um we have great you know, again, great heat distribution. Ours are actually thermostatically controlled, so you can dial the temperature in from 100 wow. degrees to 450. Wow. So it's not high, medium, and low. Like, right. I can dial it in within 25 degrees. That's amazing. Of somewhere, right? Um, I could use it at 100 degrees for a warming table. I could put it at 450 for, to mm. sear steak, screaming hot, um, nice. and everywhere in between. So, like, like on, I know on a lot of griddles, and, and you probably know this, been in lots of restaurants, mm-hmm. but, like, you end up with, like, cold spots. Yeah. Right? So ours is um, actually uh, an infrared Mm-hmm. burner underneath like you would have a sear zone on your outdoor grill or something so it's a gas line that has basically like a like a a, a, um, a metal mesh screen over it yeah to distribute all those heat points or those those flame tips um, so imagine if you fire up like a gas burner outside on your on your outdoor grill and you can see the big burner and yours like a couple dozen orange or blue or orange flame tips. Yeah. But then if you cover that with a metal screen and distribute that, now you've got almost a thousand different flame tips. You're basically replicating the surface of the sun. Um, and so you're able to redistribute all that heat very evenly. Um, and then couple that with the thermostat to control that heat. And then we, our griddles are like a half inch plate of steel. Jeez. Um, so you're retaining that heat well. So it's like a three headed monster as yeah. far as heat control distribution and retention. Mm. That sounds glorious. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. I I mean, you can have a 22-inch wide griddle and run pancakes from corner to corner to corner to corner, and they're all pretty close to the same. You'd be splitting hairs to try to figure out where the hot or cold spot was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you. Okay. (laughs) Come on down to the show and we'll make pancakes, I need proof. (laughs) Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. So I was going to ask you that. I mean, because, like, we we talked, like, you're the, you know, you're the chef on, on the floor. Yeah. How, is that like an appointment people have to make in order to come we in? We certainly go 
we encourage appointments, right? So it's a very hands-on process. Most of these folks that are coming into our showroom are doing some sort of a significant remodel or a whole new build, right? Right. And they're spending a fair chunk of change on appliances, right? Um, and so we have a consultation process where we try to figure out what they're doing, what's your cooking style, what's going to suit you. Um, and then we go through that. So, you know, sometimes I'll be in on those, um, more often than not, most of my job is that we invite these customers that are in the market to demonstration dinners, a live dinner, right? We'll have a dinner, um, twice a month, usually on a Wednesday night and I'll cook a four course meal and we'll pair it with wine and I'll put a lot of those appliances to use, mm-hmm. um, in a sort of classroom or stadium closed circuit recorded format. Okay. Um, and just try to touch on that. And it's very interactive. We encourage people to talk and ask questions. I'm not up there to lecture. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out who you are and what, where are you in your process? They're probably trying to make final decisions, pare down what they want, what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a cool opportunity for them to, to kind of see that, inspire them, cook for them, share some food and wine, but really educate them about the product and how it can help them in their kitchen. Hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's a- most of my, you know, that's most of my day. And again, I get involved in consultation a little bit, but it's more of that. And then when customers do get delivery and installation, we do use and care classes so they can set an appointment with me and come in and we'll yeah. talk specifically about a product that's in their house and how it can function and how we're going to clean it, maintain it, take care of it, so on and so forth. Man, that, I, I just don't get that at Lowe's. <laughs> I tried. I tried, tried once. I got kicked out. You got kicked out? Yeah. yeah. Because I was trying to cook on their did, cooktop. Did you go to Home Depot? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I tried to, to go to Home Depot, and they didn't let me in either. We used so. to have a builder's square in front of our neighborhood way back oh, Yeah, nice. And I forgot about those. Builder's square. Yeah. That's good. Well, I, but I. The, I, the bee had like a. With, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Remember I, night. It, a, a bee with a square. Bee with a square. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I thought, the, I thought the hole in the B, the capital B was square. I think you're right. Yeah, either way. Uh, I I do really like that process because I do think that uh, people people buy stuff and they don't know what they buy. Right. I mean, it happens all no, the time. No, not at all. And, so, and no one knows how to explain to them what they, they're, they're like, well, this one, this model here is a little more expensive. Right. And you're not so, going to get that. <laughs> like, that's all you get. You're <laughs> not going to get that from your everyday salesperson either. Sure. Right. Um, so we actually, in our showroom, we don't sell anything. Mm-hmm. We are a corporate showroom to showcase what the company has. We're really a. There's no like price tags on that. Not things, at all. So. We're going to talk to you about what you want. We're basically going to build you a wish list or a shopping cart. And then we're going to send you all those specs. It's going to have price, you know, price points so you can start to set budget. It's going to have all the specs you're going to give to a builder or a contractor or a designer, you know, as far as, you know, all the dimensions, all the electricals and, and gas and things like that. Um, and then eventually you'll go, it's more of like a, um, you know, we have factory certified dealers, authorized dealers that we would hand you off to nurture a relationship there that you'll make your final mm. um, purchase from. But they're also going to handle, help handle delivery and installation. Um, we have factory certified installers. Those dealers do, and then that gets you additional warranty on every out of box warranty. So you can get upwards of you know, six years on a on a unit, mm. uh, full parts and labor. Oh wow! I mean, these are definitely the Maseratis. Of, oh yeah, of <laughs> of the car world, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. But I think certainly more so in the last five years, probably even more so in the last year that I've been there, we're seeing a lot more and more and more people that are just middle-class families that are um, buying these products because they have the reputation and, mm-hmm. and they're American made and um, it's a family business. And 
again, they know that they're going to make one purchase and it's going to last them a couple decades. Well, I, I think that I think the kitchen has become a more and more important room in the house. The, I mean, I, I even think more so than like the living room. The pandemic has done that for sure, mm-hmm. right? Forced people into the kitchen, and mm-hmm. we certainly are living in a lifestyle in an age with everything's online and we're watching cooking shows more and more and more. And so the, the age of the celebrity chef has started to rage in the last 20 years, certainly in my gen- our, yeah. our generation. Um, people beeline to me in the showroom. Like they just, they see a chef and like, whoa, yeah. and they just want to gravitate and talk and just bounce ideas off you. And, and it's fun because I'm not a classically trained chef, right? I didn't go to culinary school. And so there are some of those chefs in the organization that I would imagine have a harder time relating to people. It's so easy for me to just talk to people about cooking at home. That's, that's how I grew up cooking. Yeah. My earliest memories in life were in a garden or in a kitchen. Yeah. Right. Um, picking tomatoes in my grandma's house, squash, snapping green beans around the table. Well, and, I mean, then, like you, and then I grew up in commercial kitchens in the restaurant biz too. Well, yeah. So. And I, I was going to say, I mean, like I, I know you pretty well. And like you're, you say you don't, didn't go to culinary school. That's fine, but you're pretty well traveled. I mean, you've, yeah. you've, you've had quite a few like culinary experiences, not just in the U S but like internationally. Right. I mean, like for sure. But I think I got a leg up because of my father's in the restaurant biz and has yeah. been for almost 50 years. So I grew up, you know, biting ankles in commercial <laughs> kitchens. Um, but then, you know, it just, uh, the restaurant biz and, and food life is kind of one of those things you either love it or you hate it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or you love it or you're just not in, in interested, uh, I guess is a better way not hate, but yeah, for me, it's just, it's in my blood. I love it. I breathe it. It's all I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, gave a lot of thought to going to culinary school over my life. Didn't do it for whatever reason, took a different path and it's worked out for me, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a blessing to me to be able to relate to people on that level and not have them feel out of their own element or like they're being talked down to talk down to. Yeah. Well, it's one sure. of those deals where like, if I'm going to come in, like for me, if I'm going to walk into a place like that and go, I want to buy one of these products, right. I want to be able to use it. Right. And I want to be able to cook on it. And right. I don't want it to be something that I really need to have some level of cooking right. experience in order to be able to use it right. at a high level and make it happy in my home mm-hmm. and make other people happy that eat the food. I don't want to have to be a, a chef in order to do it. So, so I, I think that that having someone like you that that it's like, look, we can we can cook chicken nuggets in this thing too, you know, hundred <laughs> percent, you know, and and there it definitely can be intimidating, and some of those products are more intimidating than others. Like for example a convection steam combination oven, mm-hmm. right? Can people are like, what, you know, and the, and the multitude of things that it can do. And they're like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But when you start to talk to them about it and what do you cook? What do you like to cook? What do you like to do? And then you start to enlighten them about how it can help you um, on their terms, on their level, whatever part of the spectrum that that runs. Right. Um, that's definitely my job is to try to relate that to people and make them understand um, that it is intimidating, but, you know, our smartphones were a little intimidating when we first had them in our pocket, too. And, yeah. and we figured those out pretty quick. But does it have an air fryer in it? Because <laughs> that's the latest rage is you no buy, air fryers. You buy, no you air buy fr- ovens and it's like, now with air fryer, I'm like, isn't that a broiler unit? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really no, know. No, you guys mentioned it in your turkey episode. Right? <laughs> we and did. you were right on somebody. One of you said it, and I'm not sure who it was, but you were right. right. You hit the nail on the head. It is just a convection system, right? It's yeah. a very powerful convection fan in a very small oven cavity. Yeah. That's an air fryer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and they're cool. I mean, like, yeah, you know. they're awesome. And and they they actually do a great job. Yeah. 
I mean, and they're, I mean, y'all have one. It has replaced your microwave, which is really, really it handy. replaced the microwave. Yes, it did. There was never a microwave well, to replace. At one point. <laughs> you had a microwave at one point. The Eight years ago. Okay. So it replaced wow. it But that eventually. was because it was installed in the house when I moved in. <laughs> Quickly took it out. Well, it was like, it was one of those over the oven. Yeah. Uh, roach. Roach filler. Yeah, I hate those things. <laughs> <laughs> They're of the devil. Yeah. I'm sorry if you guys sell microwaves. We do, but <laughs> we're not going to talk about microwaves. I mean, I use a microwave a lot, uh-huh. but I think people don't use a microwave the way that it can be maximized to use, right? Mm. I never microwave anything on 100% power. I always oh, change I the power level down. Seven, Every time. Power level seven, power level eight, yep. whatever, so on and so forth. Um, the melt mode, uh, the softening mode, right? I mean, you can soften butter or cream cheese or melt. Like mm-hmm. those are, they work pretty well, depending on the microwave. Yeah. Um, they work pretty darn well um, if you've got a well-made microwave and they can, again, even something like that of highlighting to people, you know, things that they're not utilizing um, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I, I'm the same. I always power down, but yep. I'm like, I'm like, well, this thing has 1,400 watts. Right. If you put that on the, on 100%, like There's you're There's a gonna, reason your fried rice that's tastes right. like... It's horrible. It's absolutely. <laughs> so I'm like 1,400. Like I put it on 50%. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. That's you can always add. You can never take exactly. away. Exactly. But I still will, would never reheat certain things in a microwave. But like such as? Pizza. Yeah. You just never I get anywhere there. No. 400 for eight minutes. That's the it. that's the yeah. sweet spot with pizza. Don't don't test me on pizza. I know my pizza. So that's Air fryer no. it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, we don't have an air fryer. Um, but... It, it, the, the it would be a good way to heat up pizza, though. Yeah, yeah, it'll do all right. The, one of the reasons I said air fryers is it's it's one of those features that yeah. that ovens are pushing these days. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. now it's got an in like internal air fryer or whatever. Yeah, it's so. it's kitschy, right? It's like it a is. catchphrase, but it is. Um, I think it's important to understand what an air fryer is, and and really under that's a testament to understanding convection, where mm-hmm. this kind of conversation about cooking, you know started off on was convection and, and how it is more efficient and the results are better than traditional oven heat sources. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this to not fully wrap things up, but to wrap up a little bit, like I, I I'm a huge believer in you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. really do. And, and, and I know that, that there are instances where you pay for something and it was, you know, it was more expensive and you yeah. got, you got burned on it and get those things. But, but the majority of the time, there's a reason that something is more expensive. Right. And I'm not talking like a hundred dollars difference. I'm talking like you know thousands of dollars difference. Right. You, you wind up getting a superior product. There's right. a reason a BMW costs what it costs and a Ford costs what it costs. Right. I mean, both of them are going to drive. You know. But at the, the end of the day, one of them's going to be a lot nicer. Yeah. And it's probably going to last a lot longer if you maintain it. it. Just is what it is. You know. Right. So anyway, that's all I got. All right, so I got I got to ask you, mm-hmm. in in any of your demonstrations, have you used our watermelon recipe? Which one? The bacon and watermelon. No, I was thinking about using that this week. Were you um, really? <laughs> I even hit up my dad for um, man. Those old South watermelon rinds are like off you the market. You, you can't, can't find, find them. them. I know. Mike Shine has like six jars. Does he really? Honey hold away. Randy has a few stories. But honestly, else. Craig, I'm at the point where I want to make my own pickled watermelon rind, so I'm not going to buy the jar anymore. Well, you need we'll to you need to talk to Chelsea because she did she yeah. did that. Yeah. When, when was she? Oh on? yeah, that was that was goodness gracious. That was probably like a year and a half ago at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, when I went on her show, yeah, she been a while. she made because pickled she's in Germany. Rind. Germany, she couldn't get them, so right. she just made them herself. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. So well, so I I bring it up. Mm-hmm. 
because the other night, Kevin and his wife were over for dinner. You did them? And I was, no. I was telling him, I was like, Colin, Colin used to make these, but he always wanted to figure out something else to do with them. Yeah. Because it was like, it was like, it's so simple, but it's so good, but it seems like it needs something else. Yeah. So I made a sauce. Okay. With the, the watermelon rind. Okay. It was um, good. <laughs> it was, it, whatever you're gonna say, I can tell you it was very good. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Uh, golly, it was red onion is what yeah. I paired it with. Yeah. It's just like red onion and watermelon rind. Okay, that I just made a sauce for pork tenderloin with. Okay, it was so, so good. So your bake your pork product, you just put that over tenderloin. What? So you just spun those flavors and, and then made yeah. a sauce and then put it over pork tenderloin instead of wrapping it in bacon. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, dude, it was, it was really good. I love it. So, and I'd oh. never, I'd never used like a pickle. No, but it is in a, in a sauce. To before. call it a pickle is accurate, but I think most of the time we think about a pickle, we think about a lot of acidity, right? And vinegar. Yeah. And this is definitely Sugar. the sweetest pickle you've ever oh, had in your yeah, life. Absolutely. It's the most sugar coated Maybe like candied. <laughs> it's candied. Yeah. That is yeah. way more accurate. Yeah. It is a candied watermelon, right? I mean, there's some vinegar and salt in there, but there's a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he put it on top of cheese grits. That's oh, I did which was perfect. Yeah. Oh, it was just so. In fact, the cheese grits were so good that that his wife was like, "I'm still kind of hungry. Hey, you want some more grits? Dip into the grits. So she so she goes back up to the second half floor to the kitchen. Because you've not been to his house. It's weird. Um, it's on the second and a half floor. And, second and um, a half floor. That's yeah. where my kitchen is. Perfect. Yeah. It's and, cool. And uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's cool. It's functional. No, it, it well, <laughs> if you can walk upstairs. <laughs> then if you're mobile. If you're mobile, then it's functional. But, uh, it's not ADA certified <laughs> over there, no, right? <laughs> no. No. Uh, and anyway, so um, so she literally went up to, to the kitchen and she just got bowls. And, and brought it down, and it looked like ice cream. Perfect. It looked like mounds of, of ice cream, and we had we had spoons. We Intermezzo of just grits uh, and she, before yeah, dessert. And, and she put some of that sauce on top of the cheese. Oh, grits. nice! And it was she, she knows was, what she's doing. Was she wasn't gonna waste it. <laughs> no, and it was delicious, and it was it was just funny because. So how like fine did dessert. you bust up the watermelon rind to put it in the sauce? Did you just chop it up, or I used an immersion blender. You you went full like a mulsa puree on it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Fried up, sweat some onions, sweat some shallot or whatever. Yeah, no. Garlic or anything in there? uh, I think I used a little bit of garlic powder. I think I used a little bit of white wine. I like that. Just to kind of give it something. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just scorching sugar in there with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Y'all are using words. No, but I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me we finished it with a little butter. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I did. That's what I, I caramelized the red onion before I yeah. before I did all that yeah deglazed with white De- wine yeah yeah it tastes delicious y'all yeah. that's well, okay all so I don't I, know I, I I typically will do this like I did the pork loin in like a like a really hot pan yeah and then I deglazed the, pan the sauce, sauce after that yeah, yeah perfect and then emulsified it awesome so you did bust you you pureed the watermelon rind and the sugars and, and, and got it onion. down to a pretty fine consistency oh yeah oh, I like that yeah I mean it looked like it. It looked like chocolate sauce. Really? Yeah. Had that kind of color to it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was I funny. think it was from the, the deglaze of the pork is what it... Yeah, you picked up all those, all those drippings. Yeah. It certainly gave yeah, it some it, color. It was funny because he like... He, <laughs> I, I, I'm watching him cook, but we're just talking, right? I'm watching him cook. And I have no idea what he's doing over there. And um, then he pulls out a boat, a trolling motor. No, he pulled, pretty much <laughs> a boat motor. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's like one of my favorite things it's in awesome. the kitchen. I it's love awesome. it. Yeah. So so he 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 gets done with it, and and he's he just kind of looks at it, and he he like takes something and like taste it, and he goes here taste that, and That's I'm good. like. Yeah, he was he was he was genuinely going. I don't know if this is. Gonna be <laughs> you could see the gears turning. I can see it, I can see it in, his, in his eyes, and he and he he's probably pleasantly it. surprised. He, he caught was. him off guard a little bit. Yeah, but he, no, I was really. I didn't have anything else. Like yeah. that's all I had. I was like, well, we're gonna make this work. Committed to it. Yeah, I was. I was like, let's. You know this. what? A little mustard might have been good in there too, like grain been. mustard, like some, like some Dijon or like some like whole grain, like a oh, Creole, okay. just like a little dollop. You know, think about all this, like pork and all that stuff seems to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, any herb? Finish with any herb? Like I bet a little thyme would have been all right too. If I had like any, all that would, just works. If I the only ones I would have had would have been rosemary or thyme. I think that would have worked. So, but I don't think I put any in there. But yeah, I think that that's what. What was interesting is is I I so I, I took a little taste of it as well, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's yeah, you just sweet. blew your mind. Yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, it's sweet. I did not expect it to be yeah. sweet, but it wasn't like like a sugar bomb. Like a sugar, no, yeah. it wasn't like I was putting you know. Right, you know, sweetened condensed milk on something or anything, <laughs> mm. but, but it was it was sweet, but it was just it was really really yeah really good yeah. Really good. I think that was always the amazing thing about the. Uh, I'm pretty sure your dad introduced me to that. Like, yeah. our, I didn't, cu- you know. I think we did that at one of the chuck wagon. Yeah, I don't know if my dad came up with that, but I th- I would have given your dad credit if I didn't know, right? Um, well, it came from, it came from my grandmother's. Where okay, it came from. okay, I, well, yeah. perfect. Um, and and you know, just for some backstory there, it's. We're literally taking sugary, candied, what they call pickled watermelon rinds, and cutting them into bite-sized pieces, wrapping them, baking, broiling them in the oven, and putting mm. a toothpick in it, and you just eat it as like a hors d'oeuvre or a little bite, like a crowd pleaser. Yeah, and people think you're a genius. But yeah, but I love it. <laughs> um, I, I don't even remember having that conversation with you, but I laugh. I can I can see myself trying to spin the wheels and go, we can really do something elevated here with yeah. this. How can we do it? And I love that you came home and did that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, who, I inspired him. He did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've been thinking about it ever since we talked about it. Like, <laughs> it's been a decade in the making. <laughs> I'm just glad I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you really reaped the, really re- the benefits. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> but like like you said, I don't know that I can do it again because you can't yeah, find you them. Could. Oh, well, no. We have to make our own watermelon rice. Oh, well, yeah. That's the next adventure. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. We can't let him get off the hook, Kev. No, because we got, I mean, people have been listening now for an hour and two minutes, and they're like, holy cow, when are they going to get to the we most important thing? Yeah. Q&A? Yeah. It's, no, it's the most important part, because it is time for the final four. The final four. That's right. It's the final four questions we ask each and every one of our guests, Uh-oh. and I don't know if you're prepared for this or not. I I'm hope not. you're not. It's perfect. Yes. Um, Even better. I obviously we were... wasn't paying attention to the other episodes I listened to <laughs> at, at the final the 10 minutes. Yeah, you got yeah, to go all the way to the end to, to hear. That's why people, that's that's the only thing we hook people with. That's right. right. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> uh, but here they are. We're going to go in and ask you the final four questions. So here is the first question. What is the must-have tool you won't leave your house without? Culinary tool, I guess, will stay on the culinary I, line. I, or no? sure. I don't make my own definitions. Yep. Um, a sharp knife, like a well-sharpened knife, right? Most people don't understand that, you know, in the kitchen, a dull knife is way more dangerous than a sharp knife. Oh, so oh, yeah. true. Um, and so a sharp knife can really just get through ingredients quickly, um, whereas a dull knife, you really got to work and force things at it, and it causes way more damage in the long run. Slippy yeah. stabby. Yep. Oh. So a sharp knife would be my tool. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a uh, do you have a specific knife that's kind of your favorite? 
No. Uh, Wolf, Wolf has a uh, subsidiary called Wolf Gourmet that they make cutlery and yeah. um, cookware and things like that. And I've been using their knives, and I've been pleasantly okay. pleased with them. But, um, nice. You know, everybody loves a good, like, Japanese shun or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't, don't even own stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, like I'm going. To, I'm going to Ace Martin buying a Mercer. I'll be just fine, right? As long as you keep a blade on it, you're sure. good. I I like my Cutco. I'm not gonna lie. There you go. I really like it. Some people probably have opinions, but mine is good. <laughs> it works for me. I have the one obligatory Cutco, which the one, is the one that you buy when you feel bad for the person who's doing it. Oh, but it's the only like when yeah you, when I was young and poor and yeah, it's all like I, I'll buy that one. Yeah, I know which. Please one go it is. away. I know which one it is. <laughs> I used to sell Cutco actually for a little for like, oh, man. For like a moment. For a moment. It was like like a two week period I sold Cutco. I think I sold like two sets and uh got to keep my starter set, which was awesome. There you go. But all right, second question. Here we go. What is a job you walked away from? And I am gonna qualify this for just a moment because uh we, we intended this question to be like a like what's a project you walked yeah, away from right. really um, like at your home, like you're working on something and just got into it. And it's like, I don't want to do this. You called a contractor and yeah, those sort of, but, but we asked the question the first time, what's a job you walked away from is you can take it however you want to. Okay. All right. Um, I think for me, I went to the university of Texas and I studied, I got a degree in economics. Mm. Um, and so I did some work in like a personal finance wealth management firm okay and yeah it didn't last long <laughs> entry level position maybe i went six months mm. wow just i'm not an office rat i was not an 8 a.m or at that time mm-hmm. uh, i would do that work and then still find myself tending bar and being in the restaurant life at mm. night and on the weekends so mm. i quickly gravitated back to the restaurant business. well that doesn't lend itself well to like waking up at eight o'clock <laughs> you know the not a morning guy. I'm still not a morning yeah, guy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing better. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not there. I don't know that I'll ever be. No. I mean, you know, I, I've spent 30 years in the restaurant, right? right? So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, a night owl. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. All right. Next question. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Or So the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, you? I'm not that bad anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, I like a good glass of wine, yep. uh, cold beer, margarita, something like that. Um, I like watching sports mm-hmm. uh, just to take my mind off whatever was going on. When I was in the in the restaurant biz and you really felt like I needed more of that wind down time, um, you know, I would probably do more time with just getting away and whether it's watching TV or binging Netflix or something like that. But um, I think with the lifestyle change that I have had in the last 13, 14 months, um, man, just getting outside and, mm. um, being in the sun, playing golf. I can yes. really, golf is like a meditation thing for me. Mm. You know, I can really get in the zone and, um, I enjoy golf sometimes a lot more just on my own, not mm. playing with friends or family. Um, just cause I can kind of have that time, put some headphones in and, and, and be, Sort of like me time. Hmm. I love playing golf. It's a good wind down for me. Or just being hiking, being outside uh, in the sun. Last couple weeks have been great. Yeah, that's been perfect weather to be outside. Yeah, it's been been great. And, 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 you know, we haven't actually said this in a while, but, like, Craig and I, we we definitely advocate for people to have time to just kind of stop for a minute and just wind down, just realize that everything's not as hype 
as you yeah. have made it to be. Right? Mm-hmm. Like just chill for a little bit. Spend some time with your family if you have a family. Spend some time just kind of you know, chilling a little bit. It's Absolutely. Very, very, good. very, very good. All right, last question. Here we go. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think you go a lot of ways, but on a very simple level or introductory, I think I already said it a moment ago. It was like, you can always add, you can never take away. Mm. Um, and I think that, that I encounter that in my life every day, especially in cooking, but you can apply that to a lot of different things, right? You can always set a good foundation and build on it. Um, but for me as a cook and a chef, I try to preach that to people all the time, whether that's heat application, whether we're seasoning, um, you know, you can always add. It's hard to, to, to go too far and, and, and dial it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, here's the thing. This is a weird, this is an awkward moment because I said there was a last question, but it's actually not the last question. There's a final question there's, that Craig, there's Craig four, asked. Four final more. There's, there's, well, there's just one. Gird your loins. It's the, only, it's the only question that Craig remembers, and so we're going to let him ask okay. the final question, yeah. which is, if people want to get a hold of you, how they find you? Oh, um, I've got an Instagram handle is um, at C as in Colin C Shine S H I N E Cooks, um, or you can reach out to me at Colin Shine at subzero.com. Awesome, very good. Come see you about their uh, fancy schmancy kitchen. They're gonna yeah, be just pop together. in, say hey, just come look at the showroom. It's beautiful, just to kind of see those things in in their designer inspired environment, and um, and it's a beautiful showroom and it's a cool place to hang out. We're, we're very, well, check very welcoming. So yeah. come in and see us, um, whether you got a project or not. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Craig and I need to take a road trip mm-hmm. at yeah. some point. Go I down mean, there. I'm a little insulted. We haven't been asked to host one of these dinners yet. That's true. So. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing insults no, around here. I didn't even know it. Nonverbal <laughs> insults. Nonverbal insults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Craig. Craig's the king of being insulted and not realize it. That's right. So. Uh, anyway, take it like a champ. Though. <laughs> That's right. Right <laughs> of the right of the chin, like Chris Rock. Um, anyway, so what else? Anything else? Did we did we not talk about something that you think um, is important? No, I would I would want to just mention my background and and Frank's and my family restaurant uh, yeah, down no in doubt. downtown. Um, so I spent a lot of my culinary chops in the last eight years or so. Um, running the kitchen at Frank's Americana Revival, which is my father, Mike, and my brother, Chris's operation. So um, I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at without them. And uh, it was a bittersweet part. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think we all have benefited from um, my change and my decision to try to explore something new. I certainly, my lifestyle has changed 180 degrees, if not 720. (laughs) Um, And, you know, being a family business coming out of the pandemic, it was tough, you know, revenues were tough. So it wasn't really a terrible thing for somebody to be able to find a nice landing spot and take that money off the payrolls in in a lot of regards. Right. Um, So I think it it was bittersweet, but I think it is, is um, had a lot of positive outcomes um, going forward. And and I'll just say this. I mean, like if you're in the Houston area, I mean, like, and you want a fantastic meal, that's, that's that's the place, the place. to go. Absolutely. You know, it, it's awesome and it's just very welcoming and inviting. It's a very cool, homey, um, warm atmosphere and um, you know, um, service staff is 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 pretty tremendous yeah. and uh I mean, it's a testament the kitchen to how well crew. you did over there. I mean, well, like, thanks. it's carrying on. And there yeah, and I think testament to the guys that that have carried on the the culinary job. You know, we didn't family didn't go out and hire a new chef or anything like that. We mm-hmm. stuck with the um 
the, the crew that we had elevated some guys and, and sort of divided my roles amongst um, two or three kitchen managers, so to speak. And, uh, you know, just the long, the testament to the, maybe the, the lack of turnover that we have in you know, a restaurant business has a lot of turnover in general, but I think that we've always at Frank's um, Frank's has always been able to minimize that to some degree. And I think very fortunate um, from a longevity standpoint and, and a consistency standpoint. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a real testament to everybody. My dad, and my brother, um, still today, um, who are there every day and, and busting their hump to make sure that things are done the right way. But yeah, definitely to the, to the kitchen crew that have helped, uh, you know, pick up that, that slack a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> go eat there. Well, I mean, before, the, me. before the show started, I mean, Kevin was just, was sharing with Colin. I mean, like he remembers the last time he went there when you were cooking there and like, it was just like one of his favorite. He was raving. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's yeah, like, but that's awesome. Memories. I mean, and, and I think that's what we said at the end of that conversation was, or at least I said that that's amazing that you have that memory. That's what it's really all about. I yeah. mean, it's about making those memories for people. And, um, you know, Frank's is very much a part of that going back many decades. You know, that property was a place that's very near and dear to a lot of people's heart in that neighborhood. It was called the Stables. Mm-hmm. And it was just a mom, uh, mom and pop type operation. Good home country style food. Um, certainly Frank's is a little more elevated, but it's all approachable food. You know, we call it regional comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the, things the, that you grew up eating, but they're just done on a little elevated yeah, level. What I ate there was a chicken fried steak. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't was like it some... Was it the best chicken fried steak you've ever had? It was absolutely the best chicken fried steak. Um, really, it was it was unbelievably good. It was and, great to hear. Yeah, and, and it was one of those things where it's like... I, I think sometimes you go to these really nice restaurants and you look at the menu and go, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. You know, we... You need my, a translator. Yeah, exactly. My, I'm my, guilty of writing those kind of menus sometimes. <laughs> Well, I mean, there there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, they're they're good. In fact, one of my one of my most memorable meals that I ever had was my wife and I um, at Victorian Alberts in in Walt Disney World okay. at the Grand Floridian. It's a seven course meal. I mean, there's a harpist over there playing. I mean, it was a you know it, there was one waiter for my for my he only was working with our table only. I mean, it was a really really neat experience. Um, and we still have the menus because they were personalized yeah. and everything. It's a really sweet. Sweet experience, but I don't. But I don't know anything that I ate that night because I, I couldn't understand what it was. Yeah. You know, um, it was all really, really good. But I didn't order. I go to Frank's and I'm like, "Oh, they got fried green tomatoes. Boom. Bring it over. They got some, you know, crab cakes. Bring it Boom. over. They got some, you know, chicken fried steak. I mean, it's the best stuff you've ever had. But it's it's when you say approachable, it's super approachable. Yeah, I think stuff just that you know, classic regional comfort food recipes done with highly sourced ingredients and, yeah. and a lot of attention to detail and care. And, um, yeah, it's a testament to the people that, that work there because they, um, you know, buy into that belief of caring for an ingredient and, and it can really shine on the plate. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. It's been really, yeah. really good. Thanks yeah. for having me. It I've was enjoyed fun. it. Um, Anything else, Greg? No, I just I learned a lot about how those apply. Yeah, I'm digging it. So. I mean, I, I'm I'm. I, there's we. It's so much more. I mean, we there's this whole rabbit holes that we oh, yeah, need to go down that we could just talk all day about. But yeah, uh, we need to go down to the showroom. That's, that's right. really Look what needs it, to happen. It's, it's, <laughs> absolutely. Well, anyway, I hope you out there have enjoyed listening to this episode as well. Thank you so much for downloading it, and uh, we hope that you have already liked 
and subscribe to our channel. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that like button. Click the subscribe button. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. That would really, really help us. We appreciate it. And uh, we're here each and every Tuesday. And until next time, we'll see you later. See you.